Hi there, it's Carlos, um, and this is the Happy Startup School Community Podcast. This episode is a second in my series of podcasts about summer camp and the people um, that will be there. In this particular episode, I'm joined by Christina Keesley, and we talk about her work to help people grow. Uh, Christina is an expert in organizational effectiveness and also an entrepreneurial coach. We met uh, last year at our altitude retreat and her wealth of knowledge and her humble southern way means you can't help feel both inspired and also at ease in her company. In this conversation we talk about two types of growth, uh, maturing growth and restorative growth. That latter piece um, is about addressing pain from our past so that we can live more fully in our present. And that's important because that's the stuff that can get in the way. Um, And by being more fully present in our lives, we create better relationships, become better business owners, entrepreneurs and leaders. And essentially we are the lid, she says, to the potential of ourselves and our businesses. So if we could deal with that, all the better. I really hope you love this conversation. I really enjoyed it. I think there's lots of stuff here that's that will be of interest to you, um, not only in a personal level, but also in empowering you to create the impact you want to make with your happy startup. How challenging can a podcast recording get? I know. <laughs> Okay, so if we continue to have problems like over the next five minutes, let's reschedule and I'll call my internet provider this morning to just make sure I don't have some problem on my end. No worries. Uh, And um, yeah, I'm hoping it's just a temporary gremlin and this will go okay. But thank (laughs) you very much for for your patience and understanding. Um, we are fully present. Yes, we are. <laughs> we are so fully present. And I, I have no judgment of what's going on. Uh, <laughs> That's kind of awesome. <laughs> my, my inner critic is not going haywire whatsoever. <laughs> oh, gosh. Um, so I think we just start. Yeah, And, let's and do we it. move on. And, just be, and so I think the best always the best places to start is um rather than me try to butcher a description of who you are what you do and where you are yeah um, if you could give me christina and so actually for for anyone listening now um who who've been able to bear with this very challenging beginning to this podcast because one of the things i like to do is i like to keep it as raw as possible when i do a recording <laughs> rather than do too much post-production so if you got this far uh, thank you very much. I am I am talking to Christina Keesley, um, who I met at our one of our altitude retreats, uh, and I am uh, she's coming to join us at summer camp uh, this September, uh, and she's going to offer her expertise and knowledge around personal growth and growth of people but before we go into that uh um talking about growth and talking about what what we could be potentially doing at summer camp i thought it would be nice to find out more about her so hi christina hi good morning good morning it is uh, as i understand it it was 6 a.m 
it now is 6 30 a.m where you are (laughs) it's taken us about half an hour to get to this stage um so why don't we start by you uh telling the the listener uh who you are what you are doing at the moment and what is it that your that your passion is in terms of the work you do okay who am i um I think that's such an interesting question. I am a lot of things. Um, at the moment, kind of the hats I'm playing in life are um, mom to both a 13-year-old and a 20-year-old. I'm, uh, I also call myself a fur baby mama because I've got uh, four rescues. I've got two uh, large Great Pyrenees mixes and then two cats, one of which is a Maine Coon, so he's also large. And so I have what I call wild kingdom in my house. (laughs) Um, So I suppose I'm like air traffic controller, um, manager of like all kinds of bodies and things going on. Um, So that's kind of my household. And then um, I'm, let's see, a friend, a sister, a business owner, a coffee house frequenter, um, and an explorer slash traveler. So that's kind of what I'm doing right now. Um, like just in life. And, um, I actually just love helping people grow. I think that is my passion and it has been for a really long time. I've been in, my field, which I would just call um, organizational effectiveness, but it's really people effectiveness as well. But I've actually been in my field for 30 years this year. Um, Let's see. And at the moment, I am in the final stages of transition of closing a business that I owned for 17 years and starting a new one. Well, so uh, a um, would you class that as another phase of growth? Yeah, for sure. Holy cow! Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I worked inside now, corporations for thirteen years, and then I uh, started a business and owned that for seventeen, and now I'm in the transition of starting a new one, but I actually also am helping other people start businesses as well. Mm. So I'm kind of an entrepreneur coach as well. Fantastic. Well, then that's going to be very relevant. I hope to people listening to this. Um, And we met, where did we meet? Can you remember where it was? Yeah. Altitude, June, 2018. (laughs) I should have came. <laughs> it was kind of awesome. <laughs> it was an amazing time. It was great to have you there. I think you were in, you were one of the most popular people there in terms of everyone wanted to talk to you because you seemed to have a lot of insight that people needed. Um, and for so, you, there was a reason for you. Sorry, I was gonna you say, gonna it's say so something. funny. That's so, it's so kind. And had you known what was going on in my head the whole time, 
Um, it's just such the irony of often what goes on inside of us versus what's happening outside of us. Wow. Yeah. Like I felt super uncomfortable, um, trying to figure out like what my place was and if I had anything to offer. So it was a, it was a really interesting time for me. <laughs> and everyone was wanting what you had to offer. <laughs> Right? So odd. <laughs> uh, and uh, we, had a, we had a lovely conversation. There's a, a love connection. And, and I, was, I, for one, was very fascinated by your work. And I wanted to know more, particularly with some things that we were working through with the Happy Startup School. Um, and, and Lawrence and I thought it would be amazing to have you at summer camp, given the, the knowledge and experience you have and you so generously agreed to come and join us and so what this episode here is like a part of a series of podcasts talking to various contributors to, to summer camp to give the listener a uh, an understanding of what it's like to be a camp and this is going to be your first camp so in a sense um, <laughs> I, i'm going to be probably trying to describe to you what it's going to be like but i think also it'd be nice for them to understand what you would like to offer as as your gift to to the event and and also and the way i see it as well your gifts to, to the way you are and the work you do to to the people around you and so this whole conversation around how people grow is what i thought would be a nice conversation to have with you um and so yeah, i think to I'm start really off excited. With, excellent um Let's let's start off to help people. Let's, I, I find it, it in terms of getting people to, in terms of communicating ideas. Let's let's have a uh, get a common ground. So, what would be nice is to maybe start off with your thoughts or what it what people mean or what you mean in terms of growth, um, because I think some people might be thinking in terms of business growth. But uh, I like the idea that actually there's no such thing as business growth without a bit of personal growth as well. So. I'll, what, how, if I asked you, what, what do you mean by growth? How would you like to, what would you like to describe it as? Um, yeah, so there are actually two, if you think about growth for a person, there are two big buckets. One of the buckets is called maturing growth. And it's the kind of growth that you're going to have through the course of your life, just because you're actually living your life and you're getting older. And so think about that kind of growth, like, um, going through school, just like grade school and middle school and high school. It's the things that you learn, your body develops, you are just having experiences that you have at those ages. So, I mean, it's literally the things like just where you learn what it's like to be a teenager and then you may go to college or you might get your first job and you learn skills and you gain some knowledge and you learn how to apply it. And so that's just the regular growth that happens in the course of your lifetime. And so that falls in the maturing bucket. The other kind of growth that we can have is something called restorative growth. And so um, the way to think about it is, is just the word restore means to basically come back to wholeness and um, 
along the maturing growth cycle, um, what ends up happening is, is we have things in our life that hurt us in some way. And so it can be something as tough as the death of someone close to you, or it could be something like, um, having a bad experience at school with friends, um, or it could even be something like a sibling rivalry that you feel like sort of defined you and you went through a lot with that growing up. And when those things happen, a part of us actually stays stuck in that time in our life. And there are things like basically in our body, we stay stuck time-wise, but we also stay stuck at that maturity level from an emotional perspective. And so the way that I have people think about this is, is have you ever been in a conversation with someone as an adult, whether it's someone at work or someone at home, and all of a sudden you have a reaction to them that <laughs> later you're like, what happened to me? Like, I don't know why I said that. I don't know why I felt that. The reaction that you have feels um, very excessive to what happened. Um, like when you look back on it, and that right there is something called a trigger, and it's typically tied to a past like emotional injury. And so the big bucket that I work with people on is restoring growth. So I help people actually restore themselves to wholeness in places in their lives where they've been injured. And what that then does is it allows them to basically fully come online so that they can just be more holy in their lives and present with the people around them um, and just have better relationships. And that just transcends. It transcends work and home. Mm. So sorry, well, that was a really long explanation, but maturing growth, restorative growth, but that's what they are. No, I think it's perfect. I think it's it's good to have that a deeper understanding of what those two types of growth are. And what I heard you talk about was in terms of maturing growth is is this journey we we this life is a journey that we walk through whether we go through forests and fields and and along the way we get cut going through a deep bush or fall over going through a steep valley um and those wounds unless we are we recognize them for what they are and when they happen they might affect how we what turns we take further down the line Mm-hmm. That's such a beautiful way that, to put it. Yep. Um, and, you know, like very strong. So taking it a very kind of a metaphorical view is like if I've spent loads of time going through bushes, getting cut at the beginning of my journey, and then much further down the line, I see a fork in the road and one's through a load of brambles and one's maybe down a valley. I might just pick the valley straight away because I know the brambles are going to hurt me. But I, or I feel a fear of the brambles for some reason that I can't remember because it was a part of the journey way back. That's that's actually that's a 
perfect metaphor. And then the thing I'll add to it is too, is if you get cut often enough, you're like raw, right? You feel Mm. sore and you're raw. Mm. And so you don't want somebody to touch you. So you might actually see these fellow travelers who like really want to be on this journey with you, but you're like, Oh, just don't touch me. And so that's (laughs) kind of sometimes how we act towards people, right? Like there are these people who want to be doing life with us, but we hold them at a distance because like it's painful sometimes to be around Mm. them. And so um, we push people away sometimes. So we've like a, there. I think we associate. We've made we've made media associations with uh, that past experience or that feeling that happened. That that feeling comes up again within a new context, even though it might be different in terms of you. You're not. They're not there to cut you, but this feeling of being ripped raw by contact through brambles. You now associated with any type of contact in the present you got it so the thing that springs to mind very much for me is so my father is italian and my mother is from the philippines and we would go to italy when i was very very young um and i would have strong memories of going to my father's village um and being the only oriental basically walking around this tiny little village and everyone's staring and making comments. And this feeling of being prejudged, being really vulnerable and exposed and people saying things about me. Oh, yeah. And how now, I, I'm thinking about it, how I feel when any, anyone makes a judgment about me or, or puts me into a box, I have an immediate trigger, immediate, immediate flood of, of emotions which I can't even describe. That kind of feeling like... Ugh. Anger, fear, sadness, just fly, and and that kind of starts to influence my my response. That's yes, that's a perfect example. That's exactly what I'm talking about. And so the work, let's say, let's say for you, you're like, oh my gosh, it's getting in my way, or like, I don't, I don't want to show up. Like, however you show up, like, what if? Felt that way you were defensive or you attacked or, you know, like, let's say you would lash out and you would, you and I'd be talking and I'd be like, so, you know, well, how do you feel about that? And you might be like, I don't really want to do that anymore. Like I recognize it's happening, but I don't know how to not do it. And then that's the work that I would do um, with you is to be like, okay, so this is something you don't, you don't want, you don't want it anymore. It's part of you and you've had the experience, but you don't want to be reactive to it. Um, and then you and I would do the work. We'd, we'd figure out like, how do we heal that part of you so that it restores to wholeness? It's still there. It's a scar. You'll know it, Mm. you know, it's, you don't lose the experience, but it integrates versus being something that actually can get pressed into. And then you respond in a way that you're like, oh, that sucks. I wish I wouldn't have said that or done that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, so what I hear from that is the you can never get rid of that. You know, it, it's it's part of you now. It's um, it's that scar that will never heal. But what you can do is recognize that that scar exists and where it came from. 
you can actually do even more than recognize it. You can actually heal the pain that's stuck. So you can actually dig in there and basically um, you can grieve what you lost and you can heal and then you can actually turn into someone who's um, super compassionate, uh, especially in that area. Like, you know what it feels like to feel other. You know what it feels like to be singled out. And so when you see that and you know others are feeling like that, you just have, you're able to not um, not be triggered by it, but actually lean into it and provide support and encouragement for people who are going through the same thing. So it sounds like you, you turn that kryptonite into some kind of empathic superpower. You got it. Well, and this is interesting because I, so uh, at one level, anyone would benefit from that kind of work and thinking about it. But there's two things that I think spring up for me. And I think is, is that one, it's scary, I think, for people. Um, it's something that maybe is part of their, ident- their identity, and so it's hard to tackle or want to, might not even want to change it. Uh, and B, I think they don't see the relevance of it because they're caught up in the, the doing, working, businessy parts of their lives which they feel is separate from their, who they are really are lives, if that makes sense. Yeah, it does. So there are two things I was thinking um, that, or that what you said made me think about. One is we have this thing inside of us and it's every human. It's called the need fear dilemma. What I really need the most, I fear. And so Hmm. if, if I really want to um, like feel like I fit in, Um, or feel like I belong, feel like I'm close to or attached to people. If that's been the thing that's hurt me in the past, even though I desperately want it, I fear it. And so as opposed to leaning in and trying to work through something, I run from it in one way, shape or form. So that's a conundrum that all of us humans deal with is that need fear dilemma. And then the other thing is, is yeah, a lot of times we see something as in a like a one event, but we don't recognize how that one event has basically become part of our identity and it's become part of the way that we show up. Um, and because we're just one person, that's going to transcend both home and work. And we often, because we've not done the work on that thing, it translates into other things. And so if I'm the one who, let's say, um, let me just, I want to think about one that's, you know, specifically me that I deal with. Um, so, um, I grew up with like a super critical parent. Um, My dad was really critical. Um, 
And so when I first started really working on myself, um, I was having trouble with somebody giving me feedback and then me going what I call all bad. So somebody Mm. at work would give me feedback and then in my head, I would just beat myself up like basically I suck, right? Like in my head, I was like, I'm all bad. Like I suck. How could I have done that? So I internalized my dad's critical voice. I internalized it into my head. And so somebody would give me feedback that really was not that bad. But in my head, I turned it into something horrible. And so, you know, you might think, oh, your dad being critical has nothing to do with how you show up at work. But actually, totally does, because I (laughs) internalized that critical voice. And so... It was really hard for me to learn from feedback because when I would get the feedback, I'd go all bad in my head, which then didn't allow me to hear what someone was actually saying to me and fix it, right? So I became basically, I sabotaged myself in the process. And so that's how it translates across. But sometimes we don't actually, you know, if, if you've never had this conversation, you just don't recognize that that's where it's from. And so, mm. oh, I'm going to I'm going to discount the the work on the personal side because I don't understand how it affects the professional side, but um 99.9% of the time I can show you how it does. <laughs> and, and when you're saying that, speaking of it, ironically is like by not dealing with that, you actually restrict your growth. So totally you get in your own way completely. Yeah. And I think we talked about you know, within the context of the happy startup school, for instance, we we're very much we're trying to, to marry these ideas of how personal growth can lead to business growth, how clear definitions of success for you in your own life can help you define success with you for you within your work and your business. Uh, and I think one of the challenges that we face is that anyone in business i think um well this is an assumption i make is that most people in business fear being vulnerable or fear fear looking weak and some of the stuff that you're talking about about thinking about your past how it affects you how it triggers you how it actually limits you that's showing signs in inverted commas of weakness. But the irony is by recognizing those weaknesses and addressing those in inverted commas weaknesses, you actually become a lot stronger. So I feel there's this, this challenge of the perp- people who really need it don't know why they need it, if that makes sense. Yeah, it's funny too. I just would I think about like... Um... So if somebody like hit you with their car and you broke your leg, um, you're in a one, like you're in a weakened position because your leg is broken. But I don't know how many people would like say, oh, well, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna fix it because that makes me weak. I'm like, (laughs) uh, uh, okay, but you're probably going to have like a gnarly leg later. And you might have trouble walking 
and then working out and then doing the things you want to do. But it seems so easy when it comes to something that's so black and white, like breaking your leg. Right. Um, uh, The other thing I was just thinking about being an entrepreneur in this work was that um, when you're in a really big organization or even like a, even like a small 50 plus person organization, your um, like opportunities for growth, they are often offset by others around you. That's not me saying you shouldn't grow, but it's me saying because there are other people around you offsetting them, um, they maybe don't become as apparent as fast. But man, when you're an entrepreneur and you have a small team or you're in a startup, your stuff gets in the way real fast. (laughs) It gets in the way real fast and it can actually tank you super fast. It'll tank Mm. you. It tanks your team. It limits your business growth. It limits the people that work for you, their growth, because they can only actually grow to the place that you're at. So if you don't, it's, it's called the law of the lid. You're the lid, (laughs) right? Like you're the lid. And so if you're not continuously investing in your personal and professional growth, then they only get to grow to where you're at. So you're limiting their growth, which then limits the business growth. So, um, it's just, it's been a truth in my life that the Mm. more that I have grown as a person, the more my business has grown. Um, and the more the people around me have grown. So people who have worked for me have now actually started businesses as well. And so it's amazing. Yeah. And I would say that's because we, I've grown and I pushed us to grow collectively and they grew. Um, so anyway, it's just, I just think about being an entrepreneur. It's even more critical than when you're in a, even a, even a small organization, like you're it, man. (laughs) (laughs) Right. You're it. The thing that springs to mind, um, particularly in the more kind of a corporate world and with the whole acronyms of B2B, B2C, structures and processes, I feel there's this language that has been created for business that has been used well, I to... I, Ooh, I, you're back. Am I back? I, lo- I lost so you, I was, but you're back. What did you say? Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. Um, I was talking about the the model of corporate structures yeah. and more model of large businesses. And when you use the word offset, I felt like the, the thing that sprang to mind was we have these structures and processes and management methodologies to, or these uh, traditional management methodologies to offset and squeeze out the, the X factor that makes us human i.e. these hidden things that trigger us. So you make these processes mm-hmm. that we you can treat people as a uniform um, uh, 
one size fits all kind of resource so that you do this, do that, give this piece of information to that person, talk to them or send them the report in this format and everything works well. And and the whole B2B, B2C aspect of it and the acronyms and the procedures forget that we are human beings. This I like I use this acronym of the H to H, human to human, whatever yeah. it is, whether it's business or life. And because it's human to human, um, it's about relationships and how we interact with people and and that's much more and the way i heard you say is like where you, when you don't have those structures and processes those rigid um uh ways of having to interact with each other you then have to be yourself or you then have bits of yourself leaking out and that's where when you're in a small team um you're limiting beliefs, your scars, your triggers, they become much more apparent because there's no no structure there to offset that or to to suppress it, if that makes sense. Yep. It's messier. It's a whole lot messier. messier. Not bad. I don't think mm. it's bad. I actually think it's just no. really real. And I think you can I think you have the ability to exponentially grow on a small team because if you're paying attention you can really gain a lot of self-awareness and practice a lot of self-management mm. um yeah I, I do i believe that the growth can be exponential and that's where i see this is i think yeah thanks for taking us down this path because the the world of work as it is at the moment, the way I see it and the way the future of work is, if we take this idea of technology exponentially having or having an exponential impact on our lives, connectivity having an exponential impact on our lives, the rigid structures of the past are not going to be able to cope with this ever-changing landscape. But what you talk to, and I think what you're saying, is that when you are able to deal with your own shit, mm-hmm. <laughs> in inverted commas, yeah. uh, and be present with how the world changes and be present with how other people have their own shit to deal with, mm-hmm. but then make that, use that, and be able to work around, work with that, um, be able to help each of us heal in those kind of situations so that we can react more powerfully in time, in in these periods of uncertainty because we're we're more open more effective in our communication so more able to work together and collaborate so that was a bit of a round the house (laughs) kind of journey there we're so much more invested in each other when we heal and grow together i can't even begin to tell you it um so you react differently and you react more in a more unified fashion um, as a team towards business goals. Um, it's it's just a really it's just a truth, which is when you grow together, you heal together, um, you grow as a business together as well. I love that, and I, I think that speaks to you know ah oh, with the happy startup school this this need to create community um and there's a i was, I was watching actually a, a um a, a clip from i think facebook's 
event F8, um, they were talking about privacy and community. But one thing that stuck out for me is like with part of their little ad at the beginning, there's this um, this quote that says, don't ask yourself how you'll do it. Ask yourself who you'll do it with. Yeah. And for me, that's that was quite a powerful phrase in terms of changing the perspective of how we look at work and, and the things we want to achieve in our lives. But to, to be able to work with other people, we need to know ourselves more or work more effectively, let's put it that way, with other people, we need to know ourselves a bit more. Yeah, not only to work with, but to lead, right? So when you're an entrepreneur, whether you want to or not, you have placed yourself or I would say not want to, but whether or not you're comfortable, you are in a leadership role. And with that comes responsibility and opportunity. Wow. Such opportunity, seriously, to invest in people's lives. Yes. No, that, I think <clears throat> the, the phrase servant leader springs to mind mm -hmm. when you talk like that, where, you know, as as leaders, uh, whatever level you want to consider it, if we think of ourselves as offering gifts to invest in other people's lives so that they can grow, that for me sounds like a much nicer definition of leader than than being the person with all the answers and telling people what to do. Oh my gosh, I hate telling people what to do. I actually had this conversation the other day, which was like, it was actually the hardest thing for me as an entrepreneur, is that um, I don't. I want to invest in people and I want to achieve things together, but I really don't, I don't want anybody else to tell me what to do. And I don't want to tell them what to do either. Um, but that's, I mean, I just have a strong belief that we each have a purpose. And mm. when we know our purpose, that growing together in purpose towards a mission, achieving a mission, like there's just mm -hmm. such power in that. And so, um, yeah, it's, yes. The thing about leading is I do believe it's investing in and serving others, um, having a vision, but achieving that vision together with people who are mission driven, um, and feel like their purposes align. That's it. There's, um, a previous podcast I was talking to one of our close friends and community members, Charlie Davies. Um, Aww, Charlie. And he talks, <laughs> yeah, exactly. He talks about, um, he's developed this idea called clear deals. And the way I understand that is this, rather than giving someone a brief and telling you, this is what you should do. You need to create this idea of a clear deal where, the way I would interpret it is what you just said is how what they need aligns with what you need. And when you're clear about what they need and you're clear about what you need and how they overlap, you don't need to tell them what to do. They'll do what needs to be done and they'll get what they need to get done for themselves. But in doing that, you'll also serve your need as well. Yeah, I love that. And then add like making sure that you're growing together so that you're giving mm. and receiving feedback. And then um, you know that while you're achieving things, you're growing as well. Exactly. And I think this is, 
So in the last summer camp, we had a guy called Gino Yu. And um, he talked about entrepreneurship as a spiritual path, mm. which I think for some people might sound a bit woo-woo. But the connection that I made with what you're talking about, I feel growth, this idea of growth, is about not only developing as a person, but also creating more meaning in your life. And part of that process of finding meaning could be thought of a spiritual journey. So the connection I made about when you talk about startups, working on your own or in small teams, you have to learn more about yourself in order to be work better with others and more effective. But then through learning more about yourself, you learn more about how you see the world working and what where meaning and purpose comes for you. And and at a basic level, I think that's that's a spiritual journey. Yeah, I actually believe that as well. I um I tend to use the Ikigai diagram, the Japanese um purpose and meaning diagram with my coaching clients. It's mm. all about finding like purpose in life. And interestingly enough, there was just an article in I think the Huffington Post about people in Okinawa. Um, that they have the largest number of centurions living on the island. Mm. And it talked about that one of the reasons that there are two, two different things. One of them is living in community that allows them to have such healthy, happy lives to such an old age. But it's also the second thing is that they have ikigai, which is purpose in life. And that their purpose grows over time. And so um, I just, I believe that je- in life in general, that um, whether you're, you've decided that you want to be a stay-at-home dad um, or you've decided you want to um, change careers or you've decided, you know, whatever it is you've decided to do that if you can find purpose, um, like you feel like you're living your purpose that you can find meaning in the work. And that is a spiritual journey. I don't know. It's, it's just living life on purpose, I think has an absolute Hmm. spiritual component component to it. You're serving something beyond yourself. And I think that idea of something beyond yourself is very intrinsically linked to the whole word of spirituality, which unfortunately I think scares some people away because they relate it to their own maybe beliefs of what that means. Maybe they associate it to religion or they associate it to a cult. But I think deep down it's it's like you said, a sense of, a sense of extreme well-being by having – a knowledge of purpose for yourself. Yeah. And, and to your point, serving others. Um, Mm. I think that when you are living on purpose in service to others and in community, those are three really big aspects of living your best life. And that's across the board, like humans across the board. I just think it's been scientifically proven in multiple ways that those things um, increase, like just our happiness and well-being. And so, 
speaking to the idea of service to others, but also being in together with others. Um, I think the idea of growth. Um, it, it, it's, uh, what I'm clumsily trying to do is bring it round to what someone would expect yeah. coming to a place like summer camp or, or even like you had at altitude. Um, and the previous podcast of this, I was talking to Sanderson Jones and we were talking about this idea of communal peak experiences mm-hmm. and the idea of being in flow. And one of the things we touched on was this by being among other people and seeing and understanding their values, we are able to be more clear about what we stand for and our values, which then rubs off back to the group. Mm-hmm. So there's this kind of this virtual circle and I, a virtual circle of growth, which I was relating to our conversations when we, we understand and heal, we have this process of restorative growth for ourselves that will branch out to the people we surround ourselves with and vice versa. Is that? Yeah. I mean, growth happens in community. You actually cannot do this kind of growth. This restorative growth does not happen by yourself. It happens. You have to at least have one other person as witness to what you're going through and what you're dealing with. Like it's, um, it's part of the process. And so, Summer camps are just a beautiful place for um, growth to happen. I mean, we'll learn about it, but also I know, I mean, at altitude, healing happens. So I have no doubt that at summer camp, healing happens as well and in a bunch of different ways. <laughs> and I'm super grateful that you will be there to to be part of creating that space and that, that feeling. Um, and so we will have you maybe if the weather is nice in a field mm-hmm. or around a campfire yeah. or within one of when one of the the tents um sharing your thoughts and knowledge around the idea of personal growth or restorative growth um and for for someone listening if you got this far I hope you got it in terms of why this is important um, but if you need the hard sell in terms of your business or your work, just think about how more, much more effective, how much more you can get out of people when you stop getting in your way, how much more you can learn, how much more you could achieve, how much more you're able to make confident decisions about what to do and what not to do if you didn't get in your way. Is that, is that a hard enough sell? Yeah, right. <laughs> And it's funny too, just for anybody who's like, oh my gosh, she's like, maybe like a, like a therapist or that's kind of scary. I swear (laughs) to you, I'm not scary and I will not dig in if you don't want, and you don't have to dig in if you don't want, like you can just sit and listen. I mean, you'll do activities, but, um, I actually am a little bit more of like, I'll hug you and kick your ass in the same probably five minutes. (laughs) And so, um, yeah, there's not going to be like, you'll be like, oh my gosh, she's like way too like soft or whatever. Oh no, friend, <laughs> I'll call you on your shit in a heartbeat and hug you afterwards. But um, yeah. <laughs> I love that. Well, this is, this is it. And this is about hopefully, you know, hearing the way you speak and the way you are will give people a feeling that this is, we're trying to create a safe space for people. 
not intimidating space. We don't want to force people down a path they don't want to go. But this is a this is going to be a place where you can feel a bit more ease and hopefully a bit more comfort. And then with that, ideally, if you wish, you can show a bit of vulnerability. And then let the magic happen from there. Absolutely. Well, I am so so looking forward to seeing you. Um, every time we talk, I just my I feel warm, fuzzy, but also my mind is just feels more expanded. Uh, so, thank you for sharing this this virtual space with me. Right on, thank you, Carlos. I'm super excited to see you guys and to hug your necks. That's my southern thing, <laughs> and um, like I'm really excited about the experience, and then just. Like I love helping people grow. So I'm super excited about that as well. Awesome. Thanks for listening to this Happy Startup School community podcast. If you want to find out more about what we do, then check out our website, www.thehappystartupschool.com. You'll find out more about our community, the courses that we offer, and also the conversations and content that we're trying to create to help you get clear about how to build a purposeful business without burning out. So if you're trying to balance the money and the meaning, creating impact and avoiding imposter syndrome, then join us and our group and tribe of like-minded, caring, compassionate and flawed entrepreneurs on this journey trying to work out how to make money, do good, and be happy.